tons and tons of questions from people from all over uh, wanting information, wanting to know where they stand uh, um, and what they need to do. And, you, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I note for a fact a lot of things has been happening since the last time we have, uh, uh, we have spoken. And um, so that while the country is under lockdown, a lot, as I mentioned, has happened. Uh, and behind the scenes, government, celebrities, sports stars, radio jocks, uh, list goes on. They've been, they've come around, they've come on board, but he to call from the president uh, for the country to stay home. Have people been staying home? That's the question. And, um, and there's also been a call for clarity on the regulation. Is there any progress? Great. Well, thank you very much. Uh, very good to be with you. And, uh, you know, normally we would have a first Thursday and now we're on a third Thursday. Yeah. So uh, I want to say I don't know if it's due to popular demand or just extra questions coming in, but it's really great to be here. Uh, thank you very much. I think also um, we are sitting in a space where we are one month and one day since it was declared a disaster in our country. Um, and, of course, we today would have been coming out of lockdown if we hadn't had, have had the extension. Yeah. Uh, but now we've got the extra two weeks and the right decision um, as a country. And I, I think you're seeing how we're being measured against other countries coming out very early uh, with the lockdown. And specifically because we have so many citizens that are at risk in our country. Uh, these are not only like in other parts of the country where you say your elderly are at risk, but of course, once you've got people who've got HIV and AIDS, people who've got any lung disorder, tuberculosis, uh, we, you know, we have a fair number of people who suffer from TB, um, diabetes, all of these things put our citizens at risk. And then, of course, poverty and, and high densification uh, in a number of our informal settlements, but also just in, in general, we have high density. And these are things that uh, that put us under pressure, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we've got a lockdown. And I want to say in general, thank you very much for so many people adhering to the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got a call uh, from sure. uh, listener. We just want to check if uh, there is some. We've got a listener. Hello, saying hi to our caller. Okay. Hello. Hi there. Hello. You've got a question for the premier. Yes, I have. What is your question? Um, During the lockdown period, has any provision been made to get free condoms to all those who need them? The people without transport and they're living in townships or they would normally have to go to clinics. And I just wondered if there's any provision. Mm -hmm. That's the first first time I've had that question. Um, (laughs) But absolutely, uh, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely am going to raise that tomorrow when our health department uh, comes to report to Cabinet. I'm going to ask him that question. Um, a very, very important question. Thank you very much. Hello? Is another question? No. Is that it? Is that it? Yes. Okay. Uh, you don't respond. Does he respond at another time? Okay. Yes, the Premier. I answered. Did you not hear? <laughs> the Premier has indicated that he has answered. Uh, maybe she couldn't hear the answer. Okay, what we will do is we, um, like you said, indicate a trip. You can just, obviously, in terms of information, you can just feed it back to us. Yes, and we will absolutely. just circulate we'll, it as well. We'll, we'll add it automatically to our frequently asked questions uh-huh. so that people will get the answer on our website. Um, it is something I will I will raise with the health department tomorrow. Just And, and we'll put it straight after that answer uh-huh. comes through. Just to the food uh, crisis, um, which is uh, currently... Um, it is. It's, it's at the point now where people are. They are. They are de- desperate. They are desperate. That's the word. Desperate and um, and going. You've seen people going to going to shops and and just taking what they need in order to survive. But what measures uh, has uh, been put in place to address and mitigate the increasing levels of hunger across the country? Okay, so obviously, I mean, I can I can talk about the province, um, and so at a national level, there's obviously the national department and SASA. Um, but in the provincial in the provincial space, we've got, and I, I think already we announced it last time because we just made a 53 million rand change in in our budget uh, to help with food security or nu- nutrition. 
um, where we increasing or we, we continued with our f- school feeding scheme because uh, of course that's a system that's already in place but was stopped because schools were closed so we've opened that up again that can feed up to 485,000 uh, young people uh, DSD feeding 60,000 people within their ECD program uh, we added another 40,000 uh, food parcels for one month for, f- for a family of four um, we have also then uh, and, and maybe I should say then at the provincial level what we've also decided is that we need to play a more of a coordinating role because you've got the national department and putting funding into it we, we were very excited because we heard them make an announcement of 43 million but then we heard today that they divided that by nine provinces so that was only 3.7 million rand um, but of course every single cent helps um, and then there's big private. Big private I want to class as the amazing work that our retailers are doing because people go to buy things and then they add a, add a tin of soup and yes. add, add it in the box or add a bit of the till. And they're putting tons out there. I, I saw the, the volume that Community Chest is delivering. So the NGO sector, there are 8,000 NGOs in the province. We're mapping where they are, what they're producing, what they're handing out. Um, there's small NGOs. Uh, I was in Tafelsuch yesterday and and saw an amazing program where 15, uh, 1,500 meals are done a day out of that mosque. Plus, um, they were putting together hundreds of food parcels that were being delivered. Um, so you've got, but the problem is it's not coordinated. So yes. we're going to try and coordinate all of that so that we can pick up where the gaps are. Our own call center, yesterday 14,500 phone calls coming in to say, please. So as your, your words, desperate is, a, is, a, is really apt and we need to, we're probably going to have to put a lot more money into this and we need to know where those people are. But I do want to say that there's strict criteria. 1.6 million people already receive a grant. So we saying well we're hoping that the grants are going to be increased at this time but if you're already getting a grant you've got something the person next door has got nothing we need to make sure the person next door gets first okay and that's the big problem just uh, another a question that's just come through just giving it at in mutual's plane you've been in tafels uh, from from brenda yeah she's so what is happening with regards to strandfontein homeless site where a woman was raped and homeless people have been fined why were the homeless not accommodated in the city's chalets that is that is enough to accommodate all the homeless Okay, so uh, a few questions in one. Number one, obviously it was a national directive that in every city in the country you had to create a space for the homeless. Um, and so that was the Strandfontein, and of course you've seen it in, in all of our, uh, all across the country. Um, when it comes to rooms, um, we have procured thousands of rooms, but those rooms are actually for people who are COVID positive. So it doesn't help if we put all the, all, the, all the homeless who aren't sick and now suddenly you've got someone out of a densely populated area or in a backyard that is sick. We've got to remove that person and the people around them and put them into those rooms that, that people are speaking about. And so that's what's happening right now. So, and as you can see, the spread is now happening. This is not uh, international travelers now. This is South Africans. And it's South Africans in our highly densely populated areas who are now getting sick. And we've got to remove them put them into those hotel rooms and into those uh, into those resort rooms and that's why those resort rooms are held separately um, and of course they'll be held for the set for the homeless or whomever um, obviously there have been some questions the question about the rape I mean obviously that's a huge issue um, I know that the next day yeah, that um, was devastating just to they let that happen in, in the first place yeah well I mean you know that we generally have about uh, I'm just trying to think now 36 rapes an hour uh, in South Africa hopefully with the lockdown those numbers are going to drop I've seen crime has dropped violent crime has dropped our hospitals aren't inundated with stab wounds and things like they usually are so there are some advantages but of course in that case and and, and doesn't matter where it is whether it was in Strandfontein or any place um, you know we've got to deal with it decisively uh, I know that the perpetrator was arrested uh, and is now uh, in, in custody custody mm-hmm. and waiting trial. a question here um, uh, from a gentleman art in Mannenberg he wants to know I screening is taking place in Mannenberg but we're staying here I have no idea where in Mannenberg it's taking place how do we how, how does one get informed with regards to the screening Okay, we're not gonna. We won't go down to that detail to say, you know, tomorrow morning at eight thirty, you're going to be screened because it's not possible. I mean, we're sitting 
too few. We're sitting at 28,000 now, um, but we need to be leading thousands every single day. I think uh, I think we are getting our numbers up now, which is really good to see. But we will announce Mannenberg. People must just understand that we're now going to be in Mannenberg. Screening happens. Those medical professionals will have an ID card. They'll they'll announce themselves. Um, there'll be a security person with them. I see that uh, one of our teams got mugged, so there might be two security people now, or a few more. Because I mean that also shake my head. I mean we're trying to get ahead of a virus that's like a world war, and then people go and mug these teams, and that's totally unacceptable. Last time we spoke about uh, masks and gloves and a whole lot of things. And question that's uh, that's that's came through. That's just come through. Dear Mr. Premier, what can we do about people using medical grade masks and selling them to the public sector? What can we do about shoppers not adhering to the guidelines of distancing? Okay, so first of all, when it comes to masks, we are saying to the public, please, cloth masks. Make your own Buy one from somebody next door. We've got seamstresses. We've got people who know how to make masks. Um, pick up a mask from someone locally, but it's a cloth mask. There are rules with a mask. When you're wearing a mask, doesn't mean you're invincible. You can also still get infected, so you've got to follow hygiene practices. But please try to wear masks. I would very much like to pass a regulation to say that it's compulsory to wear a mask in the, on the, uh, you know, when you're going to your shops, etc. Mm. At the same time, we are also engaging with our retailers, our spaza shop owners, etc to say please make sure that your staff are also uh, wearing masks but when it comes to medical grade masks mm -hmm. please 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 we are trying to save those for our frontline staff we've got to learn lessons from other countries and we know that when this virus starts to get hectic which i will get a report to cabinet tomorrow and hopefully then be able to go public with the numbers I'm talking about a couple of we, we at now we're saying you know we've got 702 infections in the western cape there's a time when this virus, in a few months' time, maybe two or three, is going to infect a couple of hundred thousand in this province in one week. Not just 700 over a few weeks, a couple of hundred thousand. When we get to that stage, I promise you, every single mask for every single frontline health worker is going to be critical. Otherwise, we're going to lose our health workers. And so right now we're saying let's save those masks. We're packing them away. We're making sure that they're available for our health workers. And we will all make cloth masks. Um, they're not as effective, but they're pretty effective. So we must, we must, we must all play our part. Let's ask our uh, listeners to continue to send their WhatsApp messages. The number is 0618621065. Also, if you'd like to SMS, it's 32158. You can just uh, SMS your name also also the area that you are from um, so that we can address uh, your uh, SMS um, you, you know the one thing that's currently happening obviously you know uh, that uh, the education system and there's a lot of children that's at home uh, there's teachers that's trying uh, the utmost to communicate with parents and then there's those that cannot communicate because of the whole issue of not having uh, data just trying to keep the, the kids um, you know let them know that they listen there's still education just keeping up to grade what is currently happening and a question that has just uh, come through as well it is um, a question is uh, I run an ECD in Google it was registered with uh, social development uh, but my certificate lapsed in 2014 since then I've never received grant from a uh, social development uh, in uh, my center there's there's about six employees including myself uh, since lockdown I didn't get any salaries uh, for the month of March uh, because parents can't pay school fees I don't know what to do can you please assist that's a difficult one because obviously as government we've also got a report to the Auditor General we've got uh, certain rules and regulations and I'm not sure why your why your uh, certificate lapsed um, but I mean we have to make sure that there are certain requirements because we can't just uh, make payments to anybody they have there are requirements and, and approaches but what I would suggest is uh, and I don't know how we're going to get this right in lockdown but what I would suggest is actually getting through our call center going to DSD and saying what do I need to do to get myself re-registered that's the first thing you need to do um, and then see what uh, application you could make for some kind of assistance to to your ECD um, probably it would be feed uh, food uh, assistance for the children 
Okay, we still got a, a call. We've got, in fact, we've got a lot of calls that's coming through. We've got two calls coming through from all over. So uh, let's listen to what our um, our caller has to ask. Hello. Hi there. Hi, today I would like to um, ask a question to Ellen Wendy. Yes, what is your question? It's um, regarding leader to SME, small business owner. Yeah, you go ahead with your question. Um, I'm a SME, a small business owner. Yeah. And um, since the lockdown started, there's no, there's no money coming in. Like I worked on, a, I'm a beautician on my own channel, so I got money every day. Right now, for the three weeks, there's nothing. I've been contacting the the financial benefit, something that um, we can actually email them to ask them um, for financial assistance. My emails are still hanging. What now? I've got two daughters, one at college and one at school. Okay. okay. Thank you. You can just listen to the answer from uh, the Premier. Okay, so um, I'm not too sure whether you are whether you're making that application if you've got uh, URF uh, uh, in that space, um, I know that sometimes people are worried because they're not getting the answers back quickly enough. I mean, I just know in our call center, four and a half thousand. Um, there are there are fourteen different funds and mechanisms to support SMMEs. I'm going to suggest that you contact service at westerncape.gov.za or a support business at Westgro. Okay. Can you repeat that again? Service Mm -hmm. at westerncape.gov.za or support business, one word, at westgrow.co.za and uh, and see what we can can do to help you Mm -hmm. or advise you. Mm -hmm. And that also goes out to all the other um, small businesses out there that also needs assistance. So please do that. Can you see another line there? Hi there. Hello. Hello. I'm actually calling in for the questions on the Radio Atlantic show. Yeah, you may ask your question to the Premier. May I? Hi, good evening, uh, Mr. Uh, Premier Winder. Um, uh, the question that I have actually stems from... Um, I've, I've experienced a bit of backlash, and um, my question came about... I think that we all can probably relate that... Um, the situation where most of the underprivileged societies find ourselves in is one of anger, one of confusion, and one of a bit of an instability where, um, psychologically. So my question is, how equipped is our police officials? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because, like I said, I've had an experience myself. How equipped are our officials? How clear is their understanding of the scope and the domain in which they need to act to deal with the psychological side effects of this pandemic? Because I have experienced the backlash of police officers that are totally abusive of powers. And right now, yes, I do understand that the focus is on the pandemic and the, and the, and the effects of that. But I also want to know at which point is government or even the police in its entirety, the Constitution, how is that dealing with the intentional like your, like, and I know people are not the easiest people, but I mean, I think we can all agree that people react from a place of fear, from a place of panic. How equipped are our policemen to actually understand that scope? Because, yes, it, it, it just appears non-existent, and I actually just think that it's causing so much more damage than this virus actually is at this stage in our communities. Can the Premier please tell me how do we keep our station commanders um, accountable for scenarios like that? Thank you very much, Mr. Premier. Okay, so first of all, um, I mean, this is something I've raised right from the very beginning, um, that uh, the abuse side of our law enforcement, police, military is totally unacceptable. And you would have heard the president as well say, we are going out there and I'm talking to those forces to say you've got a duty of care when it comes to our citizens. But it's a critical question because how well equipped are we from a policing point of view to deal with psychological problems of society or in weeks and weeks of lockdown? I want to say we're not. 
the world is taken by surprise. The world is in lockdown. The world is at war. And uh, I promise you, I don't think we're well equipped. We, we're learning as we're going day by day. And uh, the world is being challenged. I want to say that uh, if I have a look at some of the things that South Africa has been doing, uh, we are being measured as well across the world. And I think this lockdown is being seen as something that uh, as a country, we, we are ahead of the curve of other countries. We've done exceptionally well. But there are lots of areas where we are failing. And when I say we, I also want to say that we all have to take co-responsibility because it is, we, we couldn't have said to our police, we're going to put you into training for lockdown because it was something we'd never even contemplated. And, uh, yeah, so I think we're all in that learning space. It is something that I'm very, very much aware of. And uh, it is something that we've got to try and work through together on this. We've got two more weeks of lockdown. Um, and it's going to put more pressure on us because you can think about it. Every day that goes by, uh, it is putting more and more pressure. But we also want to say that, you know, at the end of the next two weeks, it's not going to be a switch gets turned off and everything goes back to normal. We're going to have to develop what we call a new normal. Yeah. There's partial lockdown. If you're elderly you will still be in lockdown. If you're a TB sufferer, you will still be in lockdown because you, we can't put you at risk. But, of course, we will be loosening up in other areas. And, and I mean, this is one of those things, mental illness, um, even abuse behind closed doors. It's yes. something that concerns me. It worries me. Um, but these are things that because we all… Because there's been an increase as exactly, well. Exactly. It worries me. It's, you know, you're, the, the, the abuser is now locked up with their family. And… You know, that must be horrendous. Received a message here from uh, Owen Granger. Uh, he's a pensioner as well. He, he says, yeah, I'm a Sasa pensioner residing out in uh, Wallace Memorial, a, co- a community care complex in Lakeside for uh, pensioners only. And through utter frustration, despair and fear that I'm sending to you, uh, this to you, hoping beyond hope that you might be able to assist. There is a group of tenants here that are continuously breaking uh, the law through not comp- Applying uh, to the laws of the lockdown. They socialize daily, having bries on the property, and we're not allowed to make fires or bries. Is there any way that you can help or assist? Uh, I, along all those, are complying and are, are not a wits in as it's going to take, uh, is it going to take for about a person to, con- is it going to take for a person to contract the COVID 19 uh, for this complex to uh, turn, uh, for, for, to turn into a disaster? So there, there are people that they what's in and there is people complying of course uh, so what do you say to that sir? so i um, hope someone's just taken a note of that and we will definitely let law enforcement know but you know we are not going to police our way through this thing we've got seven million people who live in this province twenty thousand police officers add another two thousand military and another one thousand five hundred law enforcement officers we can't police our way through this it's about personal responsibility so thank you for reporting it i think you also need to Tell those people in your complex that it's unacceptable. What they are doing is putting other people's lives at risk. They might feel invincible themselves, but I promise you when people start dying on mass, then we, it's too late. So we are in an economic crisis because a country has made a decision to protect the people that are most vulnerable. And listen, it doesn't only take on the people that are vulnerable it takes on anybody have a look at the ages of some people that are dying 48 and 28 and you know it can take on anybody we've got another caller on uh let's just just check the caller hi there good evening hello hi Hi there hello do you have a question for the premier no i would actually like to go on air you are on air my dear (laughs) Hello. What is your question for the Premier? Good evening. Um, hi. I would like to ask the Premier, uh, Mr. Owen Granger, you've just read something from him. I am trying to get through to you on, uh, through the phone. I am begging the Premier to investigate Nev Wallach Memorial. This entire complex needs to be in quarantine. What Mr. Owen Granger explained to you, you can... Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we have taken note I of that. Sent you, 
I have sent a comprehensive uh, WhatsApp message, um, which explains uh, a great deal. Can I say thank you very, very much for that. We've taken note and we will let law enforcement know. But also the message is, um, I think I don't think people look at TV and see masses of people dying in other countries in the world and rows of coffins lined up because people can't be buried and people in hospital beds in park. And people, please, we must understand this is a serious virus that is so contagious. We need to make sure that we are taking our responsibility very seriously. But thank you very much. Uh, obviously, both of those, we will we will make sure that law enforcement is in is informed. Okay, uh, let's go to another call. Just uh, we've got quite a lot of calls that's coming through. Hello. Hi there. Uh, my question for... Uh so I, I would imagine you're a sole proprietor, you've got a company, it's registered, you would use that registration and uh, the call-out that you are going under the regulation that changed today to say where you are going to go and maintain uh, whatever that is at whoever's home or whoever's business and uh, you use that as, uh, as your mechanism uh, in a roadblock if you get stopped by the police. A question here from someone out in Atlantis. Premier, there is a huge issue here in Atlantis in regards to the food parcels. People are being turned away. Can you please clarify for who these parcel food parcels are? Okay, obviously, and as I said earlier, there's a plethora of organizations delivering parcels, and they all have their own criteria. I'll start off with the criteria of the provincial government and the and the food parcels that DSD are handing out. Okay. So the the main criteria is that if you are a COVID uh, positive person or someone who is in self isolation because of this, um, you would get first chance at the the parcel. But you also cannot get a parcel if you're already on a social grant. So that's the second point. You, you will be asked a question, are you on a, on a social ground? Uh, no, I'm not. I am elderly and I am self-quarantining because I am at risk. You would then start to move up the, the yes uh, platform. And, of course, it also works out on, on what kind of uh, poverty uh, uh, you have in your household because it's also not going to get a, a parcel if, you, if you've got a whole lot of other earners in the household. Um, because what I said right in the very beginning, that criteria is we need to get it as urgently as possible to where people are starving. Then, of course, there's all the other criteria of all of the other organizations whether they be NGOs or whomever they are and they've got different databases and what we're doing at the moment is trying to overlay each of those databases so that we can understand who's getting and who isn't getting and uh, first of all to try and identify through either the call center the call centers get GIS mapped they then get cross-referenced with with our data of the 1.6 million people that get a grant um, they then get also cross-referenced whether you've received anything else from government but then what we're going to do is try and do that and line it also with the private sector and the other NGOs. I said we've got 8,000 that we're busy monitoring at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and then we will try through that strata to identify as quickly as possible who's the most needy. And then, of course, then it'll lift in layers. Just a question for myself. You, we, we, we chatted earlier about, uh, for example, when people are being screened, that process that's being that's rolled out now. Uh, what, is the, uh, what is the procedure in terms of that? Because, I mean... A lot of things is happening around. If people come out, if you are being screened, being tested, uh, would you allow into your place? What's the procedure around that? Uh, you're talking about when, when the testers come to your home. Yeah, when the testers come to your you home. You can yeah. do it outside in the road if you want. You mm -hmm. don't have to invite them in. But the first and most important thing to do is when that team arrives, you ask the medical professionals. You want to see their identity documents. So they will all have their ID cards. And then you must have a look and see who the security person is. Okay. Because there will be a law enforcement officer or a South African police services officer with them. And then you, you can feel comfortable that they've come to, to come to give you a test. And then you're welcome to answer those questions outside. Um, and they won't do the test right there and then if only if you then through the questions they say listen you're at risk then they will actually either in a mobile facility right there or they will they will send you to the closest facility to have the actual test done okay got another caller this is, hello 
minority of people got parcels. And not all of the people standing and waiting in line um, to get food parcels. Our people are all hungry and desperate out there. I understand. So, so I mean, I don't know, was that a government truck delivering? Was it a... It was a value logistics truck that came it's very difficult for me to answer that question. But what I'm going to say is, um, could you please um, contact the, the call center? Um, yeah. So I'll give you the, I'll, we'll also do it at the end of the show again. But okay. uh, 0860. 0860. 142142. 142142. 142142. Or you can, you can send help. You can SMS. Help yeah. to 31022. Yeah. Two, two. Okay, thank and, you so and, much. And then please, then we was just because we need to log this, and that's what I'm saying. We don't know who and which NGOs and who they're delivering to, and that's why the work that's happening right now is very, very important because the last thing we, and a, an earlier caller said it, the last thing we want is people starving to death mm-hmm. um, while hiding from COVID-19 and having more people starving than, than are actually getting this virus. So you know, then, then, then the lockdown was pointless. We've got to make sure that we're actually looking after every single person. A question uh, also sent to us, uh, that was yesterday in fact, um, with regards to the UIF, uh, this comes from Mr. Pillay all the way out in Atlanta, he's asking, uh, Mr. Premier Alan Windy, uh, about the UIF, I was supposed to sign today, their offices are closed, their call centers are closed also, how am I going to get our monies, no SMS was received with regards to UIF? payments what's the what's the story there i'm really sorry i mean uh, you know sometimes it just drives me crazy and of course we don't we don't control those offices but let's see whether we can help you i'm going to say again uh, you can just go onto the western cape website you'll see and be taken to all of these calls all of these uh, uh, messages but i think for you uh, again what i said earlier support business one word so support business at westgrow.co.za and we will try to connect you to that uh, UIF office um, and try to understand where your problem is or we'll refer you back to the department and uh, in our provincial department we, we're looking at where those 14 different support streams are um, and obviously also go to your bank and make sure because your banks also will give you some reprieve and I'm very glad to see that the city is also looking at uh, reprieve on some of your rates and taxes etc. A question that also just uh, just came in uh, is that who is responsible for the oversight at the uh, Strandfontein site as we as pastors wanted to visit and have uh, um, access but we were refused so that's the question that's coming out I mean, I'm thinking they're referring okay. to the yeah, yeah, yeah. at Strandfontein uh, so I actually had a meeting with the mayor today and Strandfontein was one of the items on the agenda and uh, he said to me that he'd taken I think 30 or a whole lot of uh, religious uh, fraternity uh, to the site. Um, obviously, you can't. I mean, you have, yeah, you've got a whole lot of people. We've already got a question around densification, and um, you know they're trying to keep spacing. Um, and now people want to come and go. And you can't do that either. So um, at one stage, I got very strict with closing it down. Um, I asked the question two days ago in the jock. And if you want to make an official oversight visit, you can. You must just arrange it with the police or with uh, Director Roberts from uh, law enforcement at the city. And they will arrange a time uh, that you can go and have a look. But obviously, and again, I want to reiterate, we need oversight. But we also don't need you know, people just traipsing in and out. We've got other areas. We've got more, more space procured than that for people that are going to get this virus. But we, could, we would actually turn you away if you came to those places as well because that's actually where people are positive. Um, so, and, of course, we must be able to have oversight. Um, and we've, uh, you know, we've said political oversight, etc. Um, but there must be a process of saying, listen, we would like to come and check on this X, Y, and Z. Another question just came to, what is the ta- uh, turnaround time for application to deliver uh, for the food parcels? Okay, so it depends. I, I don't know because, it, you know, as I said in the beginning, there are so many, 8,000 NGOs. Wow. Um, they all have got different criteria. You've got church groups. You've got, you've got uh, and then, of course, the government. So, so in our space, I mean, let's, let me give you an example. Um, we have put money aside so we could get the school feeding program up and running. Now, we feed uh, 
students at our schools or learners at our schools at 1,010 of our schools. At the moment, we're probably only up to three to 400 of our schools uh, uh, with the program because people aren't aware of it. It's at holiday time. Um, there's also, uh, there was, wasn't clarity because you, there's also quite strict criteria. We can't have a whole lot of children just gathering at a school because then they're going to become a risk for infection. So the schools are putting proper sp- uh, distancing in place. Um, and so it's not easy. We, we, put, the, we put the budget aside, um, and I can't say to you, you will receive it within so many hours or so many days because everyone is different, and that's why I'm saying we need to play a much stronger coordinating role in trying to understand this whole mix um, and in trying to inform the public and then roll it out. We've got another caller. and uh, let's just yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi, dear. Hello. Hi there. Good evening. Do you have uh, a question for the Premier? Yes, I do. Um, my name is Theodora and I run an ECD centre in Nyanga. And I call here and I would like to say that I I speak on behalf of a lot of other people mm-hmm. that are ECD um, center operators. One, I listened and I appreciated the response of the premier when he addressed a lady from Kukuletu that called in. But the response was not enough because, number one, everything that he has said, people have gone through that process. But now we are treating this lockdown as something that is unusual. Like he has indicated, nobody was prepared for it. And in our scenarios, if people are not funded, meaning that they are not in the database of the uh, Department of Social Development, at this point in time, what we are finding with a lot of our members is then they are not assisted because you can't then go to West Grove if you have never been recognized as a small business. And right at this point in time, people are already not subsidized, meaning that um, those children that are in those facilities, they've never been taken care of. So even now during the lockdown, it means that they're not taken care of. And the staff in those premises are also no work, no pay, meaning that when parents are not paying school fees, it means that the staff members are sitting at home, they are under lockdown, instead of dying because of corona, they will die because of hunger. Mm. And that is where I stand. Thank you very much, uh, Theodora. I think the same thing. I'm not sure if it's a registered or unregistered. I presume unregistered because I think the registered are all uh, uh, in line and seem to be uh, being looked after. But again, um, I think we need to get your detail and also the same message to you is uh, service at westerncape.gov.za or SMS help to 3102. And uh, we can see what we can take from there. Okay, there is also the the fact that we have people that's under lockdown, and we've got all those that we're obviously doing the essential the essential services. This uh, up and about, and uh, what we found is that um, a question that's that's coming through is that um, for us to, Mister Premier, how's uh, my question? I can't. Hardware stores are not open. Hardware stores, um, motor stores. I mean, you know, there's obviously people that are still on the road. I mean, people are at home. We have all the time now to do stuff at home. Why can't we buy paint at Macro or Game? Um, I've got really good news. I haven't read all of the all of the new regulation changes, but uh, Minister Dlamini Zuma would have announced it earlier today. Uh, I was in meetings and things, so I haven't seen it, but I do know that hardware stores, um, motor repair places, um, the, uh, uh, those essential services like plumbers and electricians, they're able to continue. So you can go down to your hardware store, you can pick it up. Um, I, I, I heard that there's something about registration of who you are, mm-hmm. and but but you, you are able to do that now, so some good news no that's fantastic let's go over to one of our callers and see hello good evening yes you would like to um address a question to the premier correct 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 go ahead sir you may go ahead hello, good evening good evening good evening uh, uh, Mr. uh my name is warren i'm calling from kensington okay and I have a question I would like to pose on behalf of the people that is working under the ECWP on um, project here in the Kingston area. Um, our contract is about to end by the 21st of, of 
Feb- of April, and we didn't register for the last two weeks now, Mr. Vita. And we just want to know, um, uh, are we eligible for any, any, any payment that we got due to the lockdown? Yeah. I'm actually not sure of that answer, but uh, I don't know if we can keep, get, get your number. And and what we will do is we'll actually find out. Uh, I presume, uh, are you through EPWP at the city or at the province? Okay. Do we have his number? Well, we'll, we'll probably we'll get his number. Okay, obviously. great. We can. You just get back to us. You can even through the WhatsApp line. You can just send okay, us great. a message. But we'll also put it on to our frequently asked questions. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the answer is to that, mm-hmm. um, but we'll find. But I'm sure he's still listening. The number is zero six one eight six two one zero six five. He can uh, WhatsApp. He's uh, a uh, question again. Looks like the line is a bit. Uh, okay, fine. And then we'll there. find out that answer. Also, if he can just indicate uh, EPWP with a city, with the Parks Department, or whomever, mm-hmm. that'll make it even easier for us and then we can find out so uh, got another caller uh, hello. hello hello hi good, hello. hi good evening do you have a question hello. yes hi there hello hi <laughs> hi there on, do you have a question for the, do you, do you yes, have I a do. hi <laughs> this is arlene calling from Ed Wallach. i called earlier thank you for taking my call again yeah Premier, when did you with Premier Wendy, with respect, you blew me off by saying that you will send in law enforcement. The reason I'm phoning you, this is a last resort. I'm going to be 70 years old. Do I really have to worry about dying? But my respect for other people is allowing me and making me comply. This complex is a risk. The police are too scared to come here. Your office, every number that's there, every email, no response. COVID emergency. There is not an emergency situation that has assisted. I have come to you on this program and I am begging you, put Ms. Wallach Memorial into quarantine for the next two weeks. If you look at the details of my WhatsApp, you can see why. And if you take the time outside of this, though you are very busy, but so are the rest of us, trying to live in 15 square meters for the next uh, two weeks and be happy about it, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but with respect. Take the time to find out from me. We can give you numbers. We can give you people. We can tell you exactly who's doing what. Because those of us who are complying, we care. They don't. This complex is a risk. Correct. And what I will do is I will get hold of law enforcement. I can't do anything more than that. Okay. I'm not sure if you can, she, she can still hear me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's what I have to yeah. do. Oh, she's still here. Yeah. Okay. You, you need the army to come in. You need them to go door to door to each person who doesn't comply and warn them. That is all. Quarantine. Lock the gates. Nobody in. Nobody out. No gay mother in with the baby. No children visiting grannies. No visitors in and out. No subletting. No cooking for children. Doing laundry and taking the stuff out. Can you hear that I am angry? I'm not angry. I'm pissed off. <laughs> okay. So will somebody I can, please do something? I can hear. And obviously that is a big issue for us. The whole country is in quarantine and lockdown. And uh, everywhere where the rules are broken, that's why we have military on the street and police on the street. And thank but you very much. But the law enforcement don't do anything. They don't follow up. Well, we're going to see now. We're going to contact them. People don't come here. They, they, they think we're all people. Or maybe it's communique's intention. We've got security people, six to eight boys, youngsters, were brought in here one week after lockdown to supposedly, they use it as a hostel to move them to go and do duties twice a day in and out. We were... Thank you very much. We've got your details, and we will uh, pass that on to get some action. Okay, we've got a lot of questions. That's People fine. are asking questions from all <laughs> over, and it's your time. This is your this is your time. Um, you know, um, there's. People f- uh, sending us messages from all over, and uh, people are very concerned about you know currently what's happening, and obviously with the extension of uh, the extra 
the two weeks. Um, I've got a message here. Received a good evening. I'm an essential worker who stays in Atlantis. Two days ago, somebody tested positive uh, for Corona at the checkers table view. My concern is the fact that we are use we use the same bus service from Atlantis, and the staff uh, the, uh, in the store also use the same bus. The my city buses are only sanitized once a day. We need the premier to step in and assist us. So that's that's the question okay so i mean the first thing i'm going to say is that and that's why we're saying you need to also everyone needs to wash their hands everyone needs to follow follow the social distancing and if you can get a mask put a mask on we all need to diminish our risk wherever possible um and of course sanitizing vehicles is one part um the 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 space where the virus is contracted right now is in any place where people come together so it's in our shops whether it be a sponsor shop or a massive macro um that's where people congregate. Um, what we're busy with at the moment is actually asking businesses to set up protocols. Um, we know that if the virus is contracted in a shop, the shop has to close. Every single person that works in that shop gets tested. Then what happens is they've got to sanitize that shop. Or if it's a police station, it's the same thing. Or if it's a clinic, it's the same thing. But those are the places where people come together. So we're also asking, uh, just as this lady says, I know someone contracted it. I promise you in two, three weeks, you're going to know someone in your road that's contracted it. And that's why this is so very, very important that we've all got to follow the rules. Um, and especially if you're at risk, if you're high risk, then you need someone else to get on the bus and or someone else, except, of course, if you're, as you say, an essential worker. And then we also need to say, well, if you're an essential worker, how can we also find ways in which you can get home and to work as safely as possible and then wear that mask, wash your hands. When you get in the door, when you get home, don't say hi to anybody first. You straight go and wash your hands. You then remove your mask. You put your mask in the wash. You then wash your hands again because now you've just touched your mask. I mean, we've really got to become absolutely fanatical about this. A question here from uh, Julian um, in uh, Mitchell's plane. He says, my question is, what do I do in a situation where a company is not paying us during the lockdown? We have been issued a U19 forms, but Labor Department is closed until the lockdown is over. In a nutshell, monies has been deducted uh, for the 27th uh, until the 31st of March and also not getting paid for the duration of uh, the lockdown. Our company is currently trading with a permit where only four employees are allowed to work, but none of the employees are working, just the boss and the family members. Thank you. Okay, so there again, please um, use the support business at westgro.co.za because uh, the Labor Department and the UIF is still available for, they're not, they're not closed, they will still operate, but we will help you in making sure that uh, we, we get an answer for you on that. Uh, or you can go to www.supportbusiness.co.za between those two and, uh, and let's see what we can help with, with regard to that, uh, that payment. Yeah. Uh, Premier, uh, we see so many people that's hungry. This message just, just came in. I have started a food scheme to get in food for people, but how can people access food? This comes from Stephen Taylor. I'll repeat the question for you. Premier, we are seeing so many people hungry. I've started a food scheme to get in food for people, but how can people access the food? Well, it depends. I mean, as I said, there's 8,000 NGOs that are out there across this province offering support, um, and they all do it in different ways. I mean, and even the, the non-registered, like I was in Tafelsach yesterday, that was, a, that was a religious organization. That was at a mosque. Um, and, of course, they've got their network that they feed. So, um, you know, obviously look for a network uh, in close proximity. Understand that I think that the next... Uh, area of high contagion is going to be food delivery is where people are delivering or collecting food and we've got to make sure that we are managing that properly but uh, and if you and if you've got food without anybody um, call up the radio station and say I've got 10 parcels of food I promise you 10 people will find up very quickly that are desperate um, but at the end of the day what we really are trying to do is to get a mapping of uh, where you are 
what you've got available and how we can get that to the most needy people um, because that's my biggest fear. Um, these are the people that fall between the gaps, uh, the person that doesn't have the UIF opportunity and the person that doesn't have the social grant. Those people in the middle that used to maybe get a weekly wage for doing some job and now they're not doing that anymore and they've got nothing in their household. We've got another call on the line. Just hello there. Hi, good Hello. evening. Hi, good evening. Have you got a question for the Premier? Good evening. Yes, yes I've got the question. I want to know about the people that's on um, in informal, like the people that's on the parade and in Cape Town that's been paying to the city all the years, the rent, the rent for, for what is happening. There's been no refund for them. Okay. That is, I think that question is for the traders that's yeah. on the parade, the Grand Parade. Yeah. It's not only parade, but all over. All over. Okay. But pre- I mean, we on the parade pay, pay to the city. But how come? Because Mrs. Miller has been trying to get funds or some na- relief for us, but nothing so far. And she's been very busy this now. So I would like to ask Mr. Windy what, uh, uh, regarding that, please. Okay, I'm sure I know Ms. Miller very well, and she does work very, very hard for the traders. Um, I don't know what that answer is. Of course, they must have made that application to the city. Um, but we must also understand one thing, is that you know billions are being made available, but it's nothing compared to the total turnover. And this is the big problem that we have in South Africa. We already were in a financial uh, situation where we were being downgraded. We already had very low economic growth, and now we've got massive uh, low or negative economic growth into a recession and uh, the government can't borrow any more money and we've got to take what we've got and at the moment what we've got is either going into healthcare or it's going into into um, food at the moment but I think for business support again try those business support uh, numbers and uh, you know, keep let's keep asking those questions because we need to understand what kind of I said there are four to 14 different funds available and maybe one of those funds will match and there's of course there's also um, the solidarity fund that's been put together where they were lots of money that could be to the mm-hmm. there's still a, just coming back to informal traders a uh, question that's being asked is um, uh, is there um, they, well, people are obviously looking for assistance there for informal traders who are unable to trade example Camps Bay Beach, is there a stimulus package or some sort of assistance for informal beach traders uh, who can't earn a living uh, during this time in order to survive? So, so I don't think that there is, but that's why we've got to keep asking that question to say, is, that, is there a possibility, you know, either through the Solidarity Fund or look at one of the other funds that are, that are available that might be able to, or if not, we've got to put it down uh, to the various levels of government and say, are we able to help a trader like this? Mm. Uh, of course, you did see the, that as long as you the informal traders in foodstuffs were able to open up um, and you know obviously we've got another two weeks to go before any of the other stuff will open so it's it's going to be a tough two weeks Premier Wendy thank you very much for your time there already. it's Jeez. there already <laughs> and, and uh, continue to do what you guys are doing and thank you to everyone that's uh, taken out the time and send their messages continue sending your messages and your questions to 0618621065 so thank you and all the best. Thank you very much. Apologize that we didn't get to everybody.